0: Thanks for staying with us uh, and those are our sponsors for our guest segment coming up and thanks for staying with us through the intro and uh, we are the Common Sense show if you're just tuning in my name is Dave Hodges I am the host and we think of ourselves as the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time but we need your help because we got a lot of ignorant people out there right now as I, as I look at how this Biden mess is unfolding and how he's dismantled this country in just over 100 days and some people just aren't making the connection so we keep going we keep exposing and but we need your help so since these radio shows are usually digital and you can download them from the archives from our various outlets and our various networks uh feel free to share it we we claim no copyright on this whatsoever just as long as you're using it for the right purposes Uh, our guest today in the guest segment uh he really needs uh very little introduction his name Craig Sawyer, and uh, you're familiar with him by being a Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, he's an advocate for uh, people who are, let's say, down on their luck, veterans down on their luck, vulnerable populations such as children, Uh, and he's truly, in my opinion, an American hero who's doing a stand-up job, and we need more people like him. I know someone like him, but he has to remain anonymous. He does his work in Asia, freeing children, and uh, So I know a little bit about what we're going to get into today with Craig. And we're probably going to be all over the map because he's all over the map and what he does. Craig, welcome to the show. I'm I'm really glad you could join us.
1: Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Dave. I look forward to a great chat.
0: Okay, now I know you're a renowned sniper, but tell the audience how you got your nickname. Well,
1: the nickname is not as as dark or as morbid as people <laughs> want to imagine. They want to imagine something out of a some sort of Mad Max movie or something. But uh, Saw Man really is just a play on my last name. Uh, literally on the third grade playground playing keep away with the football, my best friend was calling me Saw Mug, Saw Dude, Saw Man, and uh, Saw Man started getting repeated, and it just became my nickname. And then later on in the military, my call sign. So it just kind of stuck, and that, that's where it came from. There's nothing, you know, sexy or, or scary or <laughs> impressive about it. It's just, just a play on my last name, Sawyer.
0: Okay, okay. That's, I thought it was uh, a little more, uh, and well, sexy than that, uh, a little more intimidating than that. <laughs> yeah, a but, lot of uh... people,
1: they, they imagine all kinds of things. It's, it's almost funny just to, uh, to entertain the stories that, they, that people come up with, you know, chainsaws and all kinds of things
0: well we find ourselves in 2021 and um, i just look at things now and i can scarcely believe my eyes Um, when i first started in this work um, just quick long story short here when i moved into what we thought would eventually become our retirement home and uh, the forces of john mccain and the central american free trade agreement and the bankers associated with their highway system the canamex had designs on our land. They tried to force our 300 families out here northwest of Phoenix off our land without compensation, using every excuse in the book. And it was an eight-year battle till we finally got a lawyer that would represent us and not be intimidated by the McCain factor of becoming a judge if he ever became president. And so we got the Goldwater Institute to represent us. We won, they backed down, uh, and we have control over our land now, not worried about losing it. Uh, and that's how I got into this business. I got offered a radio spot because I was on so many different shows. This one guy said to me, Dave, you need to have your own show. And that's kind of how I got started. And, uh, I have to tell you, when I got involved in this, I knew a little bit. My wife thought I was turning nuts because I was talking about the North American free trade agreement and all that was going on with that. She goes, have you lost your mind, honey? You're supposed to be a college basketball coach and a professor, uh, stick to what you know. Today, she's numbed by it. I mean, she's overwhelmed by the corruption that we're seeing and the craziness. And this is where we find ourselves. So I'm wondering here with someone with your extensive background, serving your country, helping underprivileged groups, uh, taking a stand publicly against what's wrong, probably at considerable risk to yourself. Where does your mind go to today with where America's at, where the people are at, and the dangers that lie ahead in the immediate future. Where, where are you most concerned?
1: Well, it's demoralizing. The totality of it, Dave, yeah. is a demoralizing overall effect. And having worked in federal law enforcement, in the counterterrorism realm, and in the intelligence community, I see that it is intentional there is a, an agenda to demoralize and destabilize the United States to make it easy to overthrow without firing a shot and that is very depressing to learn about as a as an American patriot my son of Texas my uh, great 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 grandpappy was the second governor of Texas, George T. Wood and my mm-hmm. dad was a very sincere and devout pastor in uh, Spring, Texas and, and I just grew up around so many quality people, just strong moral and ethical character. They just loved our country and, uh, you know, went off to the Marine Corps and I saw great and honorable things there and the SEAL team, these Patriots that are all overachievers and just crushing the performance and at any risk to themselves for God and country. And then now, to see what's happening, to see such ridiculously unqualified and outright corrupt people being allowed to take the reins and run our country into the dirt is absolutely depressing for me, but at the same time, uh, I'm a fighter, and I'm, I'm a warrior. I'm not one to sit down and go, oh well, we lost. Let's watch our country sink and let's watch everybody just begin to suffer under increasing tyranny it's all done, I'm inclined to rather to fight back. And and all of this hostility, Dave, comes from someplace. There is a clash between good and evil for control and for power over the United States. And that's what we're witnessing right yes, now. I think that's, that's right. why things are so volatile right now and so unstable is because there is this epic clash between good and evil. And it is spiritual. The, the the force and energy of of evil comes from somewhere, and the force for good it comes from somewhere. And I think a lot more people are realizing that with all of this conflict, they're going. Wait a minute, you know there's there's some sort of undercurrent motivation to for both sides of this, and uh, we the people are stuck in the middle. And sadly, Dave, the front line victim of all of this are the children and uh, that's why i i chose child trafficking as the epicenter of the evil that really most needed to be exposed so the american populace would understand the nature of this conflict and what's really going on so that we can lock arms together and help save our country
0: this is uh, a daunting task to save our country um when I looked at the events of Benghazi and, and if Stevens had been rescued, he might have sung like a canary and sunk the Obama administration. And I know there was some uh, urgings to do this from a few military people. And I told them after it failed, I said, well, why, why don't you just launch a coup? I said, this guy is wildly out of control. And they said, uh, the American people will never accept it, that we had to have a coup of opportunity and didn't materialize. And, and I'm wondering today, if we're in a different place than we were back in 2012, do you think the American people would support a military takeover of our government? Because I don't know if you saw this or not, 120 generals and admirals retired came out today and said the 2020 election was a fraud.
1: I do believe the people would support it, but I would, I would give it a different title. By my observation and understanding, what it would actually be, Dave, is a counter-coup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that Our has totally. been
1: illegally taken over through a, a systematic theft and a fraudulent election, and I'm going by factual evidence. A good friend of mine, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, is central in demonstrating the forensic evidence of the election fraud. And... He's been demonstrating that to state senators. He's been traveling with Rudy Giuliani from the from the very beginning after the election was stolen, demonstrating to them. And even on live net, uh, international network news, he hacked, to my understanding. I didn't see this piece, but a lot of my friends and family did. They said, Craig, he it was beautiful. He was talking to the Georgia Senate and saying, hey, these— um, these election machines are, are problematic. They can be compromised and manipulated. And these uh, Dominion machines, and that they were de- the state senators were denying it. Oh, no, no, that's ridiculous. So he literally pulled out his iPhone and hacked a, an election machine <laughs> right on live television and said, I'm in that machine right now with this phone, right now. And they're like, they were stunned. And I think that's the kind of revelation that the American populace needs to, see and deserves to know about and see, so that we can determine who is the rightful and factual uh, leader of this nation. Who did we actually elect? And it's not okay to brush it under the, the rug and ignore the facts and, and wheel in a, a puppet that's owned by China. So. Uh, It's a counter coup. It's been it's been illegally taken from us. And I think ousting a, a criminal cabal who have fraudulently put themselves in charge and surrounded themselves with troops and razor wire. I believe that they do need to be investigated and exposed and there needs to be a legal due process. remove them back out accordingly that's a righteous and just way to handle it so uh, and i think the military is the only entity capable and suitable for performing that task
0: well i've been told and this is pretty reliable and paul preston uh, the leader of the 51st state movement in california has the same information and we shared last night that there was a military drill involving france australia japan and the united states and they were practicing against war with China, and I was told that Biden has nothing to do with this. Totally self-initiated by the military. Have you? Have, do you know anything about this?
1: Uh, I haven't heard of that, no. But uh, maybe we can all look at the situation with Joe Biden and realize he's not—he's not mentally capable of even running a, a local corner store let alone no. the most powerful nation on earth. He clearly barely knows where he is when they wheel him out on stage. He doesn't know whether or not his handlers will allow him to speak or answer questions. And he even says so on li- live open mic. And we can look at the videos and, and see him stumbling and stammering and asking if he's allowed to ask answer questions and to somebody that we can't see, somebody that's in his earpiece so it's a very upsetting and disturbing situation. It's it's a morbid and it's surreal watching this 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 man who probably should be at home surrounded by family and cared for uh, actually uh, paraded around as some sort of leader but he he clearly is not at himself mentally. No, enough. he's
0: a sock it's... puppet. There's no question, but his handlers are capable of destroying the country and, and they they're, are they're doing a heck of a job. Yes, sir. What's your take on the, um, the pipeline and the ransom software?
1: Well, I mean, I'm hearing bits and pieces about it from people who are uh, in the, the realm of, of creating the intellectual property that, that safe, safeguard our national security and a lot of the software programs and even the hardware And uh, I get the emails and the notices from from that organization and group, and there's just more than I can consume. But um, obviously, Joe Biden's not inclined to really talk about it or deal with it. But it seems to me like a systematic attack on our nation. We've got hyperinflation coming, rolling power blackouts, material shortages, an open border, the, the defunding of our police, the mass release of violent criminals from Prisons. I mean, all of these things are absolutely the opposite of what any legitimate leader would do if he loved his country and wanted to act in the best interest of his citizens. So, this, uh, to me, without knowing more about the, the, the pipeline hack and the shutdown, I've heard uh, today that 17 states have already declared a state of emergency due to uh, the fuel shortage from the, the pipeline shutdown so it seems to me and just uh, appears on on initial look as a an additional uh, aspect of this nationwide attack uh, by probably i I would i would place the blame first on china until i can investigate further and it seems to be right in alignment with breaking our our nation's um, will to fight and put up a defense against a hostile overthrow.
0: Well, I look at this yeah as an attack on national security too because what's the one element you need to be mobile for? Well, you need access to oil. Absolutely. And and, and that that's a big problem as well. And the other thing that I found really concerning was in a White House press statement today, they said uh, there's no gas shortage. And I'm looking on the news and I'm seeing five-hour gas lines. So I it, it's, it's baffling to me Um, what's going on but i just wanted to get your take on where you think the military is at if you were to make a ballpark guess leadership rank and file where do you think the uh, soldiers our military comes down in terms of will they fire an american people if ordered to do so will they seize guns will they reinstall trump uh is there a trigger point to do that what's your take on all that
1: well as far as the big brass I honestly don't know because all officers have a different culture than the rank-and-file soldier or operator and I know from just a cross-section of my friends colleagues and contacts in the military it seems like about uh, very roughly 70% of them uh, do not want to take things like the the covid vax, and they would never operate against the American citizens or participate in any disarming of the American populace. So what you have is the bottom third, uh, the weaklings, the the, the morally and mentally weak who don't know history and are desperate to keep their paycheck, who would, like a Nazi soldier executing Jews, just follow orders. And uh, I think uh, those people, at the, at the bottom third, the, the, the moral weaklings would not be allowed to prevail and, and carry out the, the orders. I think all of their leaders and stronger peers would throttle them and, and prevent them from, from doing something like that. Look, let's face it. The military come from American families. So they, they're our brothers and sisters and fathers and uncles and nephews, and uh, they're, they're not going to operate against us, no matter how diabolical this agenda is, and no, no matter how extensive the propaganda campaign has been with the fake news media and and uh, academia and, and entertainment industry, it, it, the fact remains is that uh, this is their homeland, and we are their people, and it's not going to go that way. So, uh, but they'll try. I think this cabal is, there's nothing that they won't try, and I think uh it's staggering to see just how far they've gotten and I do wonder Dave how long it's going to be before uh, our military does intervene and go look man if we don't if we don't oust this clown show uh, we're all going to be enslaved here pretty shortly and um, you know I think there's got to be a lot of a lot of hard questions asked right now some wake-up calls is, is definitely uh, either in order or already in the works because I mean there's no defending the mass destruction of our nation that's happening right now.
0: No, there is no defending it. But I don't, I, I say Biden, but it's more of a euphemism for his handlers. Yeah. And I'm pretty familiar with a lot of his handlers. They've been with him for a long time. I was actually shocked that these aren't newly installed people. These are people who have been with him 20, 30, 40 years in some cases. Uh, but they definitely have the green agenda, they definitely have the take down America agenda but i the the thing that i'm looking at though with leadership with the military and i'm wondering and i want to get your opinion on this um i keep getting reports just over and over biden doesn't have access to all the nuclear codes he doesn't control the submarine fleet and i grew up with a, a guy who's now consulting consultant with the space force and he was a prominent person in the military and i don't think he was a household name but he was prominent he told me Biden does not control the Space Force. Um, what, what's your reaction to that? Can you shed some light on that yourself?
1: I realize it's gonna sound odd to people that haven't been paying close attention to these things, but I do believe that it's likely that he does not have control of those things. Uh, he, the Pentagon is being run entirely differently now. And those people that I know that are that work in DC, Are telling me their observations of things that that it does not line up with the way that a legitimate presidency is run and so it does seem that there are a lot of anomalies that are very very strange and uh, and radically less than with the Biden puppet show and uh, that he I'm hearing that he does not have access to the Pentagon nor does he have their support and that's welcome news. Not that I want that level of division for our national security, but I don't want—I don't want idiots who are traitors to us and who are owned by a hostile nation state running our national security. So it's welcome news, and uh, and I hope that it's true that he does not have control of our submarine fleet and uh the highest levels of our national security because those are the only people standing between us and uh and uh major hostile nations that's absolutely true and that's very strange times dave
0: well i i i had a um, guy who was a former high-ranking military official and he had me talk to two pentagon people last may so just about a year ago and they and in two separate conversations with these gentlemen they gave me pretty similar answers. Because I told them I, I'm, I'm worried about the election. I'm worried about the fraud. I'm worried if Biden gets in what's going to happen to the country. I said it's going to be a communist takeover. And they shared that. And they said if he goes too far and he compromises national security, we won't let him stay in power. And I heard that from both men. Because they said, ultimately, the leadership of the military's lives are in danger and they're gonna act in their own best interest.
1: Well, I would say that that time has already come and passed. So if you look at it honestly, I mean, our border is down. And I've I've been doing ride-alongs on the border with law enforcement and they are absolutely overrun. There are millions of people pouring into our country, which means they're from every country around the planet. Some of them diseased, some of them not. Some of them terrorists, some of them not. Some of them legitimate family units, some of them child traffickers. We're getting literally everything because we have zero control over it. As hard as our law enforcement are working, God bless them down on the border trying to stop this invasion, they're not backed properly by the clown show in DC and they are catching less than half Of the invaders. And even the ones that they are catching, they're sent straight to processing centers. And even though super spreaders or infected with COVID, they're sent right into the United States. Now, you know, they don't want churches open. And and I'm not welcome to walk into a, a restaurant for 30 seconds from the front door until I sit down and take my mask back off. I'm not welcome to not have a mask on, but boy, we'll leave the borders open and allow millions of of, uh, diseased and infested and and terroristic people bringing in God knows what to just pour across our our border. So that doesn't make any sense on a national security basis. How many backpack nukes are being brought in to the United States? How many of those backpack nukes are gonna be cranked off in D.C.? How many of those backpack nukes are gonna be cranked off in in San Francisco? Is it gonna be near the homes of some of these people that are betraying us? I don't know any of that, and neither do they. When you have no control, you're gonna get all comers, and that's what's happening. We're getting all comers. So you gotta wonder the, the, the mental health of some of these people betraying our country. Do they think that there's some somehow their families are not gonna suffer from the a devastated economy of the United States? Do they think that life's gonna be like a magical utopia under Chinese communist rule? Uh, uh, that their children won't be casualties of this nightmare, this tyranny, Uh, it baffles me to try to plot out what their logic is. Like, what do they think is going to happen when they destroy the last bastion of freedom and liberty? When we had peace and we had a lawful, orderly society where people could prosper. My God, what was so bad about that?
0: No, I, I... I know. We went from the penthouse to the outhouse pretty quickly, about 100 days to be exact. Yeah. But I think that um, your analysis is, is spot on. And I do agree with your characterization of a counter coup. We're living in an occupied country right now in terms of how I look at it. And we're almost prisoners of war uh, with the yeah. lockdowns and all that. I, that's It's a little extreme no... to say that, but our liberties are under attack. And that's why I say prisoners of war.
1: Yes, sir. Well, there's no privilege and no authority that weak charactered people will not abuse and it's incumbent upon we the american people to assert ourselves to a much stronger degree there's a righteous and lawful way to do it but to assert ourselves to make sure we oust those who are betraying us because they are literally destroying everything that's precious and sacred to us there's no denying it now if anyone has a a pulse and, and half a, a brain, you can see that what they're doing is absolutely devastating to the future and even the, 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 the current state of our nation. So Obama purged hundreds of flag officers from our military and you, we didn't see any questioning of it on the mainstream news media. Oh, who, who are all those major brass? Who, who were, they? were they? Were they strong patriots? And why haven't more of them spoken out on why they were all purged from the military? Well, we see now that further authority is being abused because they're separating military troops and questioning them on whether or not they'd be willing to operate against the, the, the American populace and disarm us and and, and conduct uh, security for tyrannical operations. Uh, my God, if, if the military was gonna overthrow a, a coup because that coup put our nation in, in danger, that's already happened. It's just a matter of watching the destructive destruction day by day. I mean, it's not like it's not subtle. So it's in my mind, I'm watching it. I'm watching the gas prices spike, I'm wa- watching raw material shortages. I'm watching millions of people flooding our nation, criminals let out of prisons. I'm watching devastation that is in accelerating daily and it's not like we need to wait for confirmation that these people are destroying our nation so at what point would the military leaders throw this 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 fraudulent clown show back out if if it was just a threat to national security that that would warrant that action because i see that it's already clearly there
0: yeah i I agree, I, and I've said the same thing to people I work with. I said um, I think we might have passed the point of no return. Time will tell. I want to ask you a question. It's going to seem kind of odd, but I want to lead into the sex trafficking by by characterization. Whatever happened to Tara Reid and her allegations of sexual harassment, and sexual abuse uh, from Joe Biden to her?
1: I don't. I quit hearing about her.
0: She so... just dropped off the radar, didn't she?
1: Yeah, yeah, who knows? Without knowing more, I don't want to speculate on it. Yeah,
0: okay. I I, I thought, you know, I never heard of a resolution. I never heard of an agreement. uh, Never heard of it. And she just dropped off the face of the earth. But anyway, uh, Biden's proclivities have been shown in public in disgusting ways I'm not going to mention here on a family show. But I want to get into the sex trafficking because what I'm wondering... Is you've got Kamala Harris now she's about 50 days into being in charge of the border she hasn't visited one time and if she went the media would have to accompany her and that would begin to expose some things is child sex trafficking is that being hidden is that why they're keeping the media away and why they're trying to keep the politicians away
1: I think there are multiple reasons and that's certainly one <coughs> of them Dave. child sex trafficking Or just child trafficking in general is a huge part of this invasion this criminal invasion of the United States right now and they want to cover it by calling it a racist if anybody dares to to question why a a complete abandonment of control uh, should be any sort of allowable solution that's not an acceptable solution for any nation to uh, to abandon all control and to deny the fact that there is a crisis. So they're, they're, this administration has no shortage of denying the obvious, denying uh, all the crisis that their bad leadership, their failed leadership, creates. So the border is no different. Kamala Harris is supposed to be in charge. And, and uh, anybody that's been through any sort of leadership uh, school or training or anybody that's just got common sense realizes that her hiding from the border should send up a million red flags. She's still never been there. That's that's a failure on any level, by any standard, and her refusal to go and stand on the border and own that and talk about the real factual evidence and the data and deal with it, it just proves that she's absolutely corrupt and she has no intention of stopping the runaway damage that's on the border. So yes, um, child trafficking is one of the major aspects of it, but another one is if you go to the Cloward-Piven strategy of breaking the economy through overloading the social programs, the welfare, the, the free medical care, and on and on and on, the housing, all of this just absolutely turn all the burners like a a stovetop analogy. You put all the burners on high and you just run the thing so hard until it just overheats and the whole thing blows up. It's like that's the Cloward-Piven strategy for breaking the American economy. It's just completely let countless millions of people flood the program, encourage people not to work, really incentivize them not to work and stay home, and then you have a population that doesn't want to work. And the culture is ah, that it's, it's it's easier to stay home and collect welfare than to go to work. So now, the the taxpaying citizens, their taxes are just being massively drained by all these these social programs that are just sucking, vaporizing all of the wealth of the nation. And that's all in the ultimate objective of breaking the economy to make us desperate and easily overthrown without firing a shot, which is the communists. Objective. We've known about that since 1958, at least in writing, and it's been read before Congress in '62. Uh, that that's their plan. So we know what they're up to. Uh, but with the child trafficking, yes, we've uh, we've got law enforcement, federal and local law enforcement officials, and um, and officers who are being made to be complicit in child trafficking, not maybe in a, in, a, in a hostile intent on their part, but they're part of a big system that says, okay, you're now instead of defending our border from criminal invaders, you're going to assist the criminal invaders to uh, their housing center, to the processing center where they're gonna get free money from the American taxpayers they're gonna get a big manila envelope with tickets for various airlines or bus lines to anywhere in the United States that they want to go they're gonna get a big fat paycheck why oh I don't know somebody wants them to have it apparently and they're gonna be put on buses without license plates and they're going to be smuggled to different uh, waypoints where they're going to be distributed from there and I learned from one uh, about one here in Tucson recently from a Senate candidate that's very well connected, uh, and then they got tips that there were children being trafficked at this federally run facility near the racetrack in Tucson. So they drove out there, and there was a customs agent out front, and they said, hey, what's what's going on here? We're just curious, and the customs agent said, well, um, you really don't need to be here, you can't stay here, you gotta go. And they said, okay, well, that's cool. Well, uh, in this public property, you know what, don't we deserve to, to know what's going on? Your you're law enforcement official or a law enforcement agent, can you give us an honest answer? And he said, well, we're uh, doing racetrack upgrades, modifications. Oh, my God. And they said, wait a minute, since when is U.S. Customs uh, in the racetrack uh, building, contracting, construction business? Uh, that doesn't make sense to us. Uh, might that be a little fib? And he's like, you can't be here, you got to leave. Very nervously, apparently. They were telling me I wasn't there, so I want to be clear about that, Dave. But these are people that I trust, that I'm uh, working on several projects with, and uh, these people uh, were with an investigative reporter there um, from Steve Bannon's War Room show. So uh, Steve Bannon doesn't play around. He doesn't want to go off on any tangent. Of something that's not factually backed right so he, he's real deal and uh, there then they saw US um, um, Army National Guard troops inside and they said well what are they doing here or, are they in the racetrack building business now too and then they did see children being uh, ushered around inside I guess they could see through the gate somewhat and so um, I said, well, why don't you put drones up in the air and, and see inside the compound? They said, well, it's kind of clever, Craig. It's, it's near the airport. It's a no-fly zone for drones. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah that's more. Yeah. And they said there were even law enforcement, uh, local TPD officers in uniform off-duty providing extra security for this place. And they said, well, if this is an immigration waypoint or housing facility, why is that a big secret? Can't you just... Tell us? Shouldn't we be able to report and tell the American people what's going on? Uh, 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 you can't be here. It's a racetrack. Uh, uh, you got to go. So it was that kind of thing. And it doesn't that seem odd to you, Dave?
0: That's the that, same treatment uh, that Ted Cruz got when he went to the border and tried to look yeah. in and film the facilities from the inside. He was yeah. told exactly is, the same thing. You can't be here.
1: Yeah. Why can't he be here? What threat does he pre- present to a lawful, righteous, law enforcement processing of immigrants. There what? should be nothing secretive or, mm-hmm. or sensitive about that. There should be nothing. Tell me, I want I, I would challenge anybody to tell me what is it and, and I I know a lot of customs and border patrol agents and righteous patriots and good people. I can't get anybody to tell me why the lawful and righteous processing of immigrants would be some sort of dark, criminal, secret, conspiracy um, program or operation that the American citizens at all costs have to be kept far away from. It just throws up a million red flags and should cause us to be uh, that much more determined to find out what the heck is going on here because we're seeing hotels and motels rented out, chartered out, and paid $2 million a month. Now, you're talking about a local, kind of rundown Holiday Inn Express that's being chartered by the US government and used only to house illegal immigrants, paid $2 million a month. So, of course, they're gonna be quiet about it. They're making a freaking killing off of our tax dollars. And they've got massive security there, and it's runs like some sort of Russian gulag uh, with KGB cover that the American people aren't apparently aren't welcome and are allowed to know and if you try to go there they boy they they want you gone you're not welcome to go there so that that just lets you know that there's wrongdoing when it's that secret and they can't afford to have you anywhere near it unless there was some sort of criminal investigation or law enforcement operation that we were going to compromise then there is no Excuse. There's no reason for OPSEC or anything like that, Dave. So
0: well, I, I saw that doing
1: it on a scale.
0: In 2014, I saw the same thing happen to Jim Bridenstine when he tried to go to Fort Sill, where they took massive amounts of immigrant children, and he wanted to investigate the rumors. And he went up there, and DHS, then uh, under control of, of Obama, said, You can make an appointment in about three weeks to a congressman. Wouldn't let him in. Uh, that was incredible. What is the general sense? Is there a feeling, are they sex trafficking there, providing services there on site at the racetrack, or is this a way station where they farm the kids out to other locations?
1: Seems to me to be a way station, Dave, where they're they're housing them there, then they put them on unmarked buses, and they, they shuttle them out to whoever, wherever the kids are going. I can only speculate, but from what I've learned in my four years of dealing heavily with child trafficking, I don't get any good or legitimate uh, vibe or sense or information that there's anywhere honorable or safe that the children are going to. On the contrary, I'm hearing many, many investigations and stories and scenarios where the children are basically been sent off to any and everywhere. And then trafficked outright. So I don't know what the arrangements are. I don't know why um, the children would be sent from there somewhere. I know in a lot of cases the people, the, the the immigrants are allowed to come in with much less restriction in the United States if they are deemed a family unit. But because most of them don't have documentation of birth, the birth certificates or things like that, a lot of these immigrants coming from Central and South America and others. Uh, before they get to the U.S. border, obviously, most people know by now, you're not coming across the border until you pay the cartel your your passage fee first. Uh, the cartel run the border on the Mexican side and largely on the American side. That's just how it is. You talk about a multi-billion-dollar criminal enterprise there, and the Mexican drug cartel, and they traffic humans now. So. One of the things that's happened is people, they want to be deemed a family unit, so several adults will just say, well, we need kids. And so they'll rent or buy children from the Mexican drug cartel on the Mexican side of the border just so that they can cross into the United States and tell our federal law enforcement, who, by the way, are not allowed to interview them and ask them certain questions anymore. There's another massive red flag. Our law enforcement should be able to ask immigrants any logical and reasonable questions. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about
0: because I've talked to people in DHS. And so, what I'm wondering here, I know the questions are about is this your family of origin? Is that your mom? Is that your dad? Asking questions that would connect or disconfirm the stories. They can't ask. I I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, But what I want to know is where are those orders originating from because that should be the site of investigating.
1: You deserve to know, I deserve to know, and the entire American populace deserves, we have the right to know where that directive came from. Mm -hmm. We do. And right now we don't, and that's not okay. But with the DOJ and the state that it is right now, we obviously have lost confidence in anybody to, to give us straight answers on anything. And that's it's back to the the observation, Dave, that it's already done. They've already checkmated the United States, so either the U.S. military is going to pull up its big boy pants and oust this illegal coup uh, clown show that has infested our White House, or we're just going to sit back and watch everything and everyone that we care about utterly destroyed. And it's happening at a record pace. It's like ravenous zombies destroying our our country like it's like it's an emergency and uh, we need to make haste if we're going to salvage this
0: do you have a prescription and I'm using the term loosely for what we need to do as a people
1: you know I, I, I did I did but that four years came and went I had access people to people who had access to the president and I was urging them and I did done several media interview saying, look, I am a national security whistleblower. I blew the whistle on a high-ranking FBI SES-level executive, and they fired him for gross mismanagement about three years later for the exact things that I had reported him for. So ultimately, I was successful, in it. although it cost me my federal career, I had to walk away because he was allowed to retaliate against me uh, for reporting him uh, unchecked. So all of the entities that were responsible for providing protection for national security whistleblower failed me. And they were later uh, found to be corrupt themselves. And no wonder they didn't help me like uh, Scott Block, the head of OSC, who was sentenced to 10 years in prison for for his corruption, just as an example. So I, I had a plan that I'd completely written out and mapped out on how to go into each federal law enforcement agency, our key agencies and key intelligence agencies and and find out uh, who the, the corrupt players are there, who the traders are there and who make the good things happen, and then set about restructuring those agents agencies and purging the corruption and resetting restru- restructuring, resetting and healing those agencies, and setting them back on their original chartered mission for God and country under the Constitution um, and good faith for the American people and with the right leadership and culture installed not only at the top, but strategically throughout their chain of command to ensure that they were backing uh, the president who was upholding the Constitution and that they would not ever back a president who was not upholding the Constitution, and uh, I was never allowed access to President Trump, and uh, and never allowed to make that contribution, and uh, and and let them know how to how to restructure and gain the the 100% cooperation of our key federal agencies and DOJ to help President Trump drain the swamp, which was so badly needed, and at the end of the four years. Virtually nobody uh, who was deep state crook attacking our nation was prosecuted and put in prison, and all of those hostile players are not only on the game board but but ripping away at our constitution and our our um, our, our nation's strength uh, like it's like it's like it's emergency to get it destroyed overnight. So
0: how do you uh, how do you explain this that Trump came in with such a mandate and such a, a ferocity that he didn't do that
1: i think he was i think he was catastrophically naive dave mm-hmm. i it by i i i want to start by saying i really applaud his success on the financial front well he knows money okay so he took a a a struggling economy and turned it into a booming economy he created more job opportunity and more empowerment for minorities and females than had ever existed in this country. He took a demoralized and defunded gutted military and rebuilt it and strengthened it. He honored our law enforcement. So what he was doing was very, very productive and and very helpful, but what he needed to do even more than all those other things in the four years that he had was was gain to whatever whatever means was necessary to gain the the support and the cooperation of the DOJ to drain the swamp that's what he needed to do and I don't think he saw that that was so desperately needed and I don't think he comprehended how utterly corrupt and hostile this cabal actually is against our people and our Constitution and how sold out they actually are to our our hostile nation states and uh, and the global bankers that want control of the United States. I think it looks like based on his behavior that he thought he was going to win them over with his performance fiscally. Like, hey, look how good a job I did getting jobs and strengthening our country, not realize that they don't want that. They're already committed against the United States. They want the United States destroyed. They don't want a strong economy. He was ticking them off. He was disempowering them by strengthening the economy and empowering the American people. So I think, it looks like to me, he didn't get it. He did not get that they needed to be prosecuted brutally, harshly, accurately on factual evidence, but so many of them are guilty of sedition and treason. They needed to be fully prosecuted and processed before he was out of office or it would never happen. So now they'll never be.
0: I had an event that seems to parallel what you're talking about there. I was at Branson at Steve Quayle's conference a few years ago. And I was bemoaning the fact that we're six, away, six weeks away from the midterm. We're going to lose the House if things don't reverse. And big tech censorship is behind a lot of the swaying of the votes. And um, one of the gentlemen I was with picked up his phone and called an advisor to Trump who met with him every week, uh, once a week. And he said, I want you to tell him what you just told us. So I did. And I I thought it'd be a three-minute conversation at most. It was a 20-minute conversation, and the man actually started taking notes. And Trump said something. This was on a Saturday night at Hilton Hotel. We're out by the pool. And I thought, okay, I know he understands. And I explained how big tech was breaking the law and violating 230. And Trump came out the following Wednesday and said something that showed understanding of what i had communicated to this aid now i don't know that they communicated on this at all i have no idea i assume they did and then he did nothing he said he was going to go after google he was going to go after facebook and he was going to enforce 230 and he did nothing and i just yeah. don't know where the failure came in
1: either either he wasn't allowed Able to rally the support around him that he needed. To. We all see that he had backstabbers all around him. And 360, right? He he was clearly trying to fix things, but I, I I just saw that he had precious little support in D.C. I mean, he was he was not only in the swamp, but he probably needed a snorkel just to breathe yeah. uh, in, in that place. So I, I think that's one key aspect. So I want to give him credit. Uh, for for uh, do it, performing in good faith, but I think uh, I asked one of his attorneys. I said, "Look, does he not get it in the aspect of fire superiority in the legal sense?" And I said, "You know, let me give you an analogy. In the SEAL team, if we're ambushed, somebody lights us up and starts shooting at us, we turn and unleash holy hell on them, and everybody's whose heads are up above cover." Uh, their heads are exploding because we're shooting them. And we're just raining accurate fire on them. And by doing that, the only ones that are shooting at us, they're dying, and they can't shoot at us anymore. And the ones that want to live, they put their heads down behind cover. They quit shooting so that they can survive. And I said, you know what that does for us? Uh, That allows us to, it gets really quiet. We're, We're receiving no more incoming fire. And then we can shoot, move, communicate, and get out of there and do whatever we need to do. And I said, why on earth does Trump not hire, because the, the attorney general serves at the pleasure of the president. So he can grab an AG, an attack dog AG, which is sorely needed, and sit them on all of his tormentors, who are all, by the way, rancid crooks. They've committed dozens and dozens of felonies, all of them, for which they can be prosecuted. There's evidence. Is readily available why doesn't he bring in an attack dog AG and task them with going after all of these rancid uh, cabal members who are undermining our Constitution submitting diabolical legislation against our 1A our 2A the big tech moguls the mainstream news media execs why is he not going after them and holding them to account because as soon as the first few dozen high-ranking officials start getting yanked out of their offices and high-rise multi-million dollar apartments and their mansions and their motorcades and their limousines and, and sent down to Gitmo for a military tribunal for, for crimes against the American people, sedition and treason, and, and convicted. Uh, do you not think that that would change the dynamic and the rest of these cowards would back off and stop attacking him because they realize they're on the list and they're going to be next and they're already guilty of felonies for which they should be prosecuted. And he said, well, Craig, yeah, I, I admit he is, he was naive in the first couple years. And this was two years into his presidency, Dave, that I was asked talking to the, to the lawyer. And he says, but he does get it now so that you're going to see, you know, it's going to be a better year. You're going to see things change. Well, they didn't. So either they have dirt on Trump uh, some pretty uh, damning dirt that they, they kind of had him by the short hairs and it was they checkmated him and he just went out without a, so much as a whimper because he went out very silently. I agree. you notice, Trump didn't say, hey, it's corrupt, they stole the election, this is horrible, we must not stay. He, he just went quiet and kind of silently just snailed himself away. So I don't know what all that's about either. I can only speculate. I don't want to damn him uh, but I, I, I do want to give him credit. I, man, I, I really appreciate what he did for our country. But I think he was naive in not realizing they were just going to erase it all within a hundred days of him uh, being ousted because uh, he didn't convict them, prosecute them, convict them. Uh, so now all the all the hostile players are, are on the game board at full full tilt. So yeah. I think he was naive for that. So uh, that that's kind of my. Overview of, of how I see him and, and what he was, must have been thinking based on his, his behavior.
0: Well, he seemed to be really going after child sex trafficking for a while too. But my yeah. my complaint was he was dealing with the uh, foot soldiers and not with the organizers.
1: Well, that and I think the it would have been a lot more helpful if he'd have been you know he had the, a lot of microphone time and he spent a lot of time repeating himself and talking about. Sleepy Joe and and, you know other things and just kind of just rambling when he could have been saying look folks child sex trafficking is the fastest growing criminal enterprise on earth it absolutely threatens the future of our nation it's a 38 to 50 billion dollar a year criminal enterprise and if you think your children are not at risk and if you think your national security is not at risk because of this you would you'd be wrong And I think he just failed to bring that and just really send it and and alert the populace to gain that support that he could have. We deserved uh, to be better informed on it. So, man, I do give him credit. Uh, You're right, his, um, especially the uh, HSI guys were really doing a lot against child trafficking, and they still are, and um, as was the U.S. Marshal Service. Really, really just, went after child trafficking, and did great things. So God bless our heroes at HSI and U.S. Marshal Service for all you've done, and you guys are, uh, have done such great things. And, and Trump, was, that was part of his mandate. He's like, I want this gone after. And he, under his administration, they did arrest and prosecute more uh, child predators than uh, anybody previously. So yeah, he, he did, maybe he, he
0: did, yeah. but I wanted to see him climb the ranks. And. Yep. And he gave preferential treatment to a judge in Florida. I think he gave him a a, a position, prominent position uh, who gave Epstein a country club existence in jail. Uh, you know, and there were some things I looked at and I go, uh, that's, uh, that's eyebrow raising. But, but uh, he didn't go far enough. I agree. How, how can people follow your good work and, and what lies next for you?
1: Well, man, they could go to vetsforchildrescue.org, which is our website. And another website I want them to go to is ContraLandMovie.com, and ContraLand is a documentary that we spent three years filming, and we brought in every manner of, of expert and national hero on the child trafficking front, exposing the true factual reality of child trafficking in the United States to empower the people with the knowledge that we all deserve to know, and we must know. If we intend to safeguard our children and our nation's future against this, because what I learned and the reason I I filmed that documentary, Dave, is because I learned from intelligence community members and members of federal law enforcement who are involved in raids and recoveries is that this child sex trafficking epidemic is runs through the very core of this corrupt cabal's culture and that's really at their very power base i agree Is it their financial hey, Craig, power I, I base gotta, I, or political I, I gotta power interrupt base?
0: you and i'm really okay. sorry to do this my yeah. friend we are right up against it you know how the hard breaks come in radio okay you've done enough radio but we will promote that too we'll put this up on the website in a few days and we'll promote it but right now we got to say sayonara you're welcome to come on anytime you have spare time
1: okay i appreciate you and your voice dave so keep up good work
0: thanks greg Okay.